You are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. Before we begin with the podcast, the NBA would like to offer a sincere note of thanks to association member Bike Flights for their continued support of the NBA and retailers at large. Bikeflights.com is a bicycle shipping service and a supplier of bike shipping boxes offering low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery. Since 2009, Bike Flights has made it easy for more than a million people, including individuals, bike shops, events, and cycling industry businesses, to ship bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence. They've been working to get more people on bikes, plus have been advocating for safer roads and more and better trails to ride, race, and explore. Bike Flights is a company that's committed to sustainability. Learn more at bikeflights.com. Welcome to another episode of Bicycle Retail Radio produced by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. This is MEDA President Heather Mason. Specialty bicycle retailers are the heart of the cycling industry. And since 1946, the NBDA has existed to strengthen these businesses through education, research, communication, and advocacy. We truly believe when we create thriving bicycle retailers, the industry and the cycling community follows. All right, today's guest is Spinx, PR and brand specialist for Quiet Cat Off-Road Electric Bicycles. Born and raised in Vail, Colorado, Spinks has a decorated past in the outdoor recreation and hospitality industries. A diverse background featuring top-level customer service and product innovation, Spinks has been a driver of brand performance. Founded in 2013 in Eagle, Colorado, Quiet Cat is the leader in off-road electric bikes for hunting, fishing, camping, and exploring the great outdoors. Quiet Cat has seen incredible growth and since being acquired by Vista Outdoor in 2021, has allowed for diversity of rider and purpose. A brand to watch, we met up with Quiet Cat at the Big Gear Show earlier this year, and we were eager to bring Spinks back on the podcast to share his knowledge and insight with our listeners. We want you to pick up how you can expand your reach about e-bikes in the great outdoors and how as a retailer, you can play a role in the future of getting more people on bikes with electrified access to the great outdoors. So with that, I want to welcome Sphinx to Bicycle Retail Radio. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I am just so excited about this because since we connected at the Big Gear Show, I feel like I've seen Quiet Cat everywhere. In retailer stores, in an automotive dealership the other day, online, it seems to be really expanding where bicycles can go. I mean, the hunting market, I know you have police bikes. How are things going over there since the Big Gear Show? You know, it's been awesome. Obviously, we're still in a huge growth. We've been growing for the last couple of years just exponentially. Acquisition from Vista a year ago has really given us some resources to put so much gas on this fire and take it full force. You mentioned our core in hunting. You know, we really did start and cut our teeth in hunting as a access type of bike, really capable, not really bike packing, but in that same vein of capability. And that's where we've seen a lot of expansion beyond hunting. You mentioned you saw our bike in some auto dealerships. We've got a great partnership with Jeep. We make the official Jeep e-bike. And that's really expanded us to this kind of overland exploration, explore the great outdoors kind of category. It's exciting to LinkedIn. I got to know Spinks a little bit more. And I mean, you have had a really decorating past. 
Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you found Quiet Cat? Yeah, like you said, I was born and raised here in Vail, Colorado, right in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, middle of an outdoorsman's paradise. I grew up as a skier, a mountain biker, really an outdoor photographer, and actually became a professional ski athlete in high school. I competed at X Games, competed a lot of slope style events and kind of the evolution of freestyle skiing as it is. And when I wasn't skiing, I actually was working in hotels. And hotels here in Vail, Colorado, we're talking about the highest end, right? So that's really where I got to learn the difference between real customer service, real product service, and really understanding what the customer was looking for out of their ski experience, right? Their whole vacation experience. So that's really where I've taken a lot of inspiration from when it comes to the Quiet Cat product is we're not making race bikes. We're not going to win the customer by winning gold medals or by winning World Cups. That's not what we're doing. We're winning by creating a product that allows people to have an incredible experience, get out into the outdoors, take their gear with them, whether you're hunting, fishing, camping, or you just want to go for a nice long cruise around the lake at sunset. We all know the big advantages the e-bike can have, and we're taking it to another level with the capabilities of, like we said, take your adventure with you. It is all about that experience, right? And I have no idea that you are such a high caliber athlete, but I feel like as an athlete myself, like we have this competitive nature about us, right? So a company founded in 2013, and you mentioned that Vista Outdoor acquired the company in 2021. That was during a very turbulent time with COVID. And here you are at the driver's seat working PR. How was that managing a company during that time? Like, you know, in control of like, you're looking for growth, but things are, well, they're growing, but still like it's a new brand name, right? So how was that? It was kind of crazy. We had signed the Jeep partnership in January of 2020, like the second week of January of 2020, we signed with Jeep. I got a phone call from Olivier Francois from Fiat Chrysler. Can you be out in Illinois in one week with the Jeep bike for the Super Bowl commercial? And I thought, well, yes. <laughs> How else do you respond to that? So we got out there. We did that really fun Super Bowl commercial with Bill Murray doing the Groundhog Day thing. And then just on cloud nine, thinking 2020 is going to be amazing. We're going to the moon. Literally a week later, the whole world shut down. And we were all in, the, in kind of the same boat, wondering what's going to happen. Is the company going to survive through this? And, and I think it was scary for everybody, you know, especially in the outdoor industry where we thought, wow, maybe the outdoor industry, the disposable spending type of stuff isn't going to go so strong. Luckily, we were wrong, I guess, about our fears, you know, and the e-bike has continued to explode. So really, we've been riding this wave of really trying to understand what it is our customers are looking for, what it is people are looking for out of the electric bike product. And lucky for us, electric bicycles became a really popular item during COVID because it was one of the only activities where people could get out and go ride a bike. And we all know that if you're not a cyclist, it can be tough to just pick up a bike and go for a 10-mile ride. Obviously, the e-bike really changes that, right? It gives that access to everybody. So although it was turbulent and scary at first, we've been doing everything we can to keep up. You know, obviously, a lot of your listeners have all sorts of familiarity with the supply chain struggles and with the shipping rates increasing 10, 20 fold. So it's been a challenge for sure. But we felt blessed. We've been able to really have that good demand and stay on top of it and continue to grow through the last 
crazy couple of years. Yeah, it has been really fantastic to watch the growth of e-bikes and the continued growth. I'm just thinking of, you know, as you are the PR and brand specialist, you're presenting an e-bike that's really designed, let's say, for hunting, fishing, camping, the great outdoors. How has it been to present a bicycle to this enthusiast, if you would, you know, not the typical cyclist? Has the response been positive or has there been some challenges along the way? You know, overall, it's been accepted really positively. And what I attribute that to, I'll be 40 next year. I've grown up on a bicycle. We used to joke about it. If you were planning a party or maybe you were planning like a bachelor party or a bachelorette party, you would plan a bike ride as an activity and never think twice that somebody in the group doesn't know how to ride a bike, right? We just, we've all grown up with the bicycle. And so that has not been a barrier to entry, but instead everybody has really understood a, wow, I could use a bike that now has the capability to haul me and all of this gear back to where I want to go to do the things I want to do. And because it's just like riding a bike, only easier and more fun now, it's been really, really widely accepted. And I think a lot of people have really understood the capabilities that come from having, especially the more powerful electric motor. Yeah, I should point out that our bikes start at 750 watts. So we do build the classified e-bike, but we go right up to the top of that power level at 750 watts. We also sell a lot of unclassified e-bikes in that thousand watt range. We've got a lot of users that are using them on private land or using them where they could legally use a traditional vehicle like an ATV, a motorcycle, side-by-side, or even a truck, but they're choosing not to because they want to be able to get in silently or they want to you know, sneak up on the fish or get into the wildlife and be able to be one you know, with the nature and not just rolling through loud on, on a motorcycle. So we're very, very different than your traditional, you know, say, electric mountain bike that's designed to be ridden on traditional electric mountain bike trails. I'm just thinking about all the customers that come into an independent bicycle retail store. And, you know, we don't all have the same interest. It could be a father who's dropping off his child's bike for repair. And he might be a hunter. And I'm thinking if we have one of your, like your Ranger e-bike or your Pioneer e-bike on the floor and it's got the camo and it's got the racks, it creates an opportunity for a conversation and just expands a retailer's reach. So this is pretty interesting to me. I'm sure you've seen that happen as well. Absolutely. Like you said, we've had a lot of great adoption from someone who is maybe not traditionally a cyclist. And like you said, bike shops are really in the core of the community. You know, I have been a big proponent of supporting your local bike shop, support your local bike mechanic. These are the folks that really make it happen at the local level. And like you said, somebody in the family wants to go on an adventure. Somebody in the family wants to go and ride around the lake, but maybe they've got a knee injury or maybe they've just got some arthritis or something that they're dealing with, or maybe they just don't move like they used to, but they still want to get out there. So we've got models like our Villager that is a more traditional step-through cruiser-style bike, but it's got that quiet cat ethos to it. So you've got an integrated rack, integrated fenders, a headlight. You also have a little bit fatter tire to it. So you can pack the picnic on the Villager and head on out you know, and go for a nice ride. Like you said, a Pioneer or a Ranger, you're talking about a traditional hub drive system which makes a lot of sense. It's very easy to get on and get that pedal assist and go. It's got the big fat tires. You're going to have the camo color. We do have some solid colorways as well. But you're right. This is a product that starts a new conversation. It's not so much about that morning road ride. 
It's not so much about that afternoon gravel ride or that big mountain bike adventure, but it's a whole new way to access the great outdoors. We all know that the first mile from the trailhead is as crowded as it's ever been. And really, our product is designed to take you farther so that you can go farther, explore more, and just do more than say, just go for a ride. It's, I mean, just looking at the website. And so for our listeners, it's quiet cat. That's quiet cat with a K, K A T dot com. I mean, the pictures, the images, it really does inspire like, oh my gosh, I can do anything with these bikes. And I know that the sales channel is true omni-channel. So you do direct to consumer, but you also go through retailers and you adhere to map policy. So we're loving that. More about just the company in general. So started in 2013, where is the company based now? And, and you know, how many people are on your team? What's that look like? So the company is based in Eagle, Colorado, still where we're founded. Even through the acquisition, we're staying right here in Eagle, Colorado, because this is where our core is. And this is really an outdoorsman's paradise. We've got about 50 people that work here in Eagle. We also have a distribution center in Arkansas. And then we have representatives in Canada and in Europe. Oh, wow. That's impressive. And so thinking about your retailer network, do you have a lot of retailers across the US working with the brand currently? And how do you support them? Is it independent sales reps or is it direct? So we've got a vast array of retailers. And it's like you mentioned, everything from car dealers, independent outfitters. We have a few independent bicycle dealers. We also have quite a few resorts, dude ranches and places like that, that rent our bikes and have a fleet of them available there. And then we are also in the big box stores that you would expect for hunting and adventures, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's and Shields, just to name a couple of our big partners there. We do adhere to map policy. Our online store, quietcat.com also adheres to the same map policy as all of our dealers. We run a bunch of different promotions throughout the year that all of our dealers are able to take advantage of. And it really allows us to reach a variety of different customers. It's everything from the core hunter fisherman at Bass Pro, all the way down to the adventurer outside of Yellowstone at Diesel Brothers in Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. I failed to recognize that with such a diverse product line, you would need more than just bicycle retailers because you are reaching the hunting and the fishing as well. It's pretty great online. There's a direct link to the retailer page. And I love how you guys lay it out on your website. What does the future look like as far as are you looking to add more retailers in each of those specific categories and just continue to increase your footprint, I would imagine? Absolutely. We've got a great team of internal salespeople that have just restructured into hunting versus non-hunting categories. And we're really wanting to grow outside of hunting more and more. That's really our big goal for this next couple of years. We will always maintain the core in hunting. That's where we started and that's where we'll always excel. But we're really excited to grow outside and look for those kind of adventurers, those outdoor adventure seekers that want to get out into the woods. They want to have the capability of the powerful e-bike, of the fatter tires, the ability to pull the trailer, have the racks, the pannier bags, the handlebar bag and everything that they can use to go out on either a multi-day excursion, or like I said, go out and explore different trails in a different way. We also are expanding, as you mentioned, into law enforcement. We've got a lot of police forces, SWAT teams, military forces, and other law enforcement agencies that are not only looking at the e-bike as a huge option, as successful as the traditional bicycle has been, but you can imagine with the capability to carry all this additional gear, It's really appealing to law enforcement as well as fire and 
emergency medical services as well. Yeah, I'm thinking just to get into places. I'm thinking of all the use, like trail building. As I'm looking at your website to get ready for our podcast today, the thought around like the limited edition Rubicon that has extended range and just the ability to carry all this stuff, you really have machines that can go really anywhere and handle anything that people want to throw at it, which is pretty inspiring. Absolutely. You mentioned trail building. We've got our local trail builders at the Vail Valley Mountain Trails Alliance and the Hard Scrabble Trails Coalition. Big shout out to those guys. They have a couple of what we call the trail building kit, which includes a single wheel trailer. It's able to run down single track trails. They can carry between 50 and 100 gallons of water in the trailer. And then they can also carry shovels, pickaxes, rakes, and a lot of the maintenance tools that they typically use. So for a two-man team to be able to access the trails so much more efficiently and carry so much more gear with them, They're able to get so much more work done with so many less people because now two people can physically carry all of the gear and all of the water out on the trails as opposed to needing a team of multiple people or multiple trips to be able to get the same job done. Yeah, I was looking at just all the accessories that you show online. So you do show these trailers, you show the baskets. I mean, I'm imagining that some of your retailers who are thriving are really showing a bike all set up in the store and really creating that inspiration for adventure. Absolutely. It's really similar to what we see with our Jeep partners, right? You go into the Jeep dealership and you see the Wrangler that's lifted up with the big tires and all the big lights and all the accessories around it. And it's a very similar appeal, right? We'll show the bike at our trade shows fully kitted out with everything. It really, like you said, tells that story that this is ready to go on an adventure. So I'm wondering with the acquisition by Vista Outdoor, and we know that famous brands connected to them, such as Bell Giro, Camelback, I think Fox Racing even, has the company's strategy changed at all? Or is that why we're seeing this expand into like the Overland adventure? You know, Vista Outdoor has done a great job of finding value in new brands and finding value in brands that can work together. So like you said, we've got a huge portfolio that includes a lot of great outdoor brands in the bike world, as well as in the hunt fish world. You mentioned we just acquired Fox Racing, which is absolutely incredible. That'd be Fox Head. And we also just acquired Sims Fishing. And so when you look at where Quiet Cat sits, We really work well with Bell Giro, Camelback, of course, soon with Fox Racing. And then we also work well with Sims. We work well with Remington, Federal Ammunition, Camp Chef, and a lot of the other brands. So Quiet Cat is really able to work with all of these different brands because we're just all about the outdoor lifestyle, whether it's you know camping and and fishing that you'd find from Camp Chef and Sims or you know, adventure travel that you might find with Camelback and Bell Giro. We use Giro helmets. I use a Camelback backpack, a number of Camelback backpacks. We've got some collaborative products coming out between the brands soon. So it's really allowed us to leverage the resources, but also leverage the knowledge base that exists with these brands. And as a PR guy, I can now consult with the folks at Bell Giro and Camelback, and we can strategize together and we can really look at trends and look at where success is happening. And it's really been cool for us as a growth company to be able to have these resources and have access to some of this incredible knowledge. Yeah, tap into that for sure, right? I'm thinking, you just mentioned again, the PR and brand specialist, and I'm thinking what a big job because you're not just like focused on road cycling or gravel. You have hunting, 
mountain, RV, van, tactical, fishing, overlanding? Like, is there any one of those segments that you're seeing some like really driving success and maybe anything you can put behind why? Like, is fishing catching off? Like, like, is there anyone that's really driving as you're, you know, reaching new markets? You know, I would say the camping and RV market has really been strong for us. A lot of folks in the in that kind of whole overland scene, right? So if you take your Jeep out, maybe you've got the rooftop tent on it, or you're in a big RV. Once that mothership is parked and the camp is open, you're not really going anywhere until it's time to leave, right? So the e-bike has been the perfect little satellite vehicle to be able to easily pack and go to be able to get out on a more adventure, cruise into town. So camping and overland has really been catching on really strong. And again, this is coming from more of a traditional non-cyclist type of person. A traditional mountain bike, yeah, that could be used, but let's face it, the average person's not gonna ride five or six miles into town on a traditional mountain bike to go to the grocery store. But on a quiet cat, you can hop on and cruise on into town, load everything up in the bags, cruise on back. There's just a level of practicality that exists now that's really, I think, driving not only the e-bike, but the quiet cat e-bike as a real go-to product. Have you signed up for Ride It Daily Extended Service yet? What are you waiting for? It's the extended service plan for your customers that pays you your shop rate for extended service and warranty claims. Rides is only available to NBDA members, and it's only available at NBDA.com. Yeah, I'm thinking about the partnership with Jeep. I mean, how was that? That provide tremendous, you know, opportunity for growth for the brand, and how did that come up, come about? Because I think as a consumer, you'd see Jeep and you'd be like really excited, especially if you own a Jeep and you already have a connection with the brand, right? Absolutely. One of the companies that has the greatest loyalty, brand loyalty in the world is Jeep. Like you said, their customers are all about it. Jeep actually found us. They found us at the outdoor retailer show and they saw us kind of year after year growing. They saw the similarities and they saw the synergy between the Quiet Cat off-road lifestyle, the Jeep off-road lifestyle. They initially brought us in when they were launching the Gladiator. That's what we did. The Super Bowl commercial was all about the new Gladiator, which is the Jeep pickup truck which of course has got great synergy with the e-bike. And they weren't able to tell us till a couple of weeks later, but the big project and the big partnership was of course the new Wrangler 4xe, the electric Jeep Wrangler. And so pairing the e-bike with the e-Wrangler was just a a total match. But like I said, really synergetic to the whole off-road lifestyle. What it did for us was kind of gave us that legitimacy. People looked and said, okay, there's so many e-bike brands out there. There's so many that have popped up. I swear there's 10 more today than there were yesterday. And it's true. This has been happening over the last few years. As with any product that's in huge growth, you're going to have a lot of people coming into the world. But you can see that Quiet Cat working with Jeep is like, okay, these guys are the real deal. Like you said, the Jeep loyal customer, when they see the Jeep e-bike, they immediately turn back around and say, well, hang on, that one says Jeep on it. And one of the things that we wanted to make sure we did was didn't just slap a Jeep logo on a bike and send it out there. It's a true capable bike built on an enduro style platform. You've got 150 millimeters of suspension front and rear, a true four bar linkage, and you've got a thousand watt motor system on it. So you can really go and conquer Jeep trails. In fact, we have done about 10 of Jeep's badge of honor trails, including a bunch here in Colorado and Utah that have been a whole lot of fun. 
So it's really not necessarily replacing a vehicle, but in some cases, it's replacing a traditional vehicle. It's so exciting to me because I'm thinking about you're opening up cycling to, you know, maybe people who have never thought to get on a bike, right? And now it's like, oh, I would try this because it's a, you know, it's a Jeep, Jeep e-bike. So, and also I was looking at the reviews, like Forbes did a review and everything seems extremely positive. So that's exciting. That's a really cool thing that you were a part of there. We set out when when we set out, I was actually the director of product development at the time, and the Jeep project is near and dear to my heart. When we started, we set out to build the most capable mountain bike ever made. So obviously that included a big, powerful electric motor. It included the big fat tires for a variety of terrain, included proper components, it included proper frame design. And so we built truly the most capable e-bike ever that is you know worthy of the Jeep name on it. So I am going to go to a little bit maybe of a tender subject. You know, our listeners are probably hearing us talk about motors that are are above 750 watts and this, you know, increased uh, load capacity. So they're probably thinking about trail access. And I know that e-bike access has been really a hot topic on Capitol Hill and everyone seems to be really paying close attention. But I know that Quiet Cat is part of this, right? So can you talk a little bit about e-bikes on public land and what you're seeing? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, it's kind of the Wild West right now. We are partners with People for Bikes. We absolutely 100% support the three-class e-bike system. It is designed around common sense. It's designed around safety, and it's designed around what's practical from a manufacturing standpoint. Now, like we said, we cut our teeth in the, in the hunting world, and our original gotta be a better way moment came from our founders wanting a better way to get to their tree stands on their farms in the Midwest. So this is private land access. The whole concept of e-bike regulations didn't even exist when the concept of Quiet Cat first started to exist. So that's where the thousand watt came from was replacing an ATV, replacing a motorcycle. We want to have as much power as we can get without running into issues of blowing through components. You get above a thousand watt motor and you're just not going to send that through a traditional mountain bike drivetrain. You're going to have to move to motorcycle components. And that's where we understand the line is really drawn. It's not a motorcycle. It's still a bicycle. Now, as we've evolved, like I said, we support that three class system. We believe that 750 watts and below 20 mile an hour speed limit for classes one and two, 28 for class three. These are common sense rules and common sense legislation that we encourage trail builders to embrace. We do not believe that a 750 watt fat tire bike is a motorcycle. Yes, it could have a throttle on it and be a class two, but go out there and ride on the trails. And I can assure you that you're not going to be riding the trails full throttle, blasting and drifting turns unless you are a really good rider. That being said, I've been out there on the trails my entire life. I've been blown past like I was standing still With when I'm going uphill, because I live in Vail, Colorado, where there's world class mountain bike riders out here that are flying past me up the hill. And I can assure you that I'm not going to go much faster than they are on an e bike because the trail was not designed to go any faster than that. I'll also say, as a personal anecdote, our bikes are not really designed to go on single track bicycle trails. We're not designing bikes to replace your traditional mountain bike. 
I still ride an intense tracer. I've got two of them. I've got one set up in the short travel mode, one set up in long travel. I still pedal that thing every weekend in the summer. I love lift access. I ride in Winter Park and Angel Fire, try to make it to Whistler. I'm into the traditional mountain bike ride. I would not bring my quiet cat on those trails. It's just, it's a different product for a different experience. Likewise, I would not want to ride my tracer down the Cocopelli Trail from Fruta to Moab. It, it just wouldn't be very comfortable. Um, it would not be the right piece of equipment to, to go bikepacking or a multi-day adventure with. I would not have used my tracer to ride to the top of Vail Mountain with my rifle and my pack and all of my elk hunting gear uh, last week. But on my Jeep Rubicon, I was able to pack everything I needed for the day, sling everything over my camelback and cruise right on up the hill because it was a practical piece of equipment to ride up the dirt road, get out into the mountains and, and have that access into that hunting ground. So we'd like to encourage people to understand what the product is and what the experience is. You can have a lot of fun on a quiet cat bike out on a trail that is open to e-bikes, that is open to motorcycles. It's a multi-use trail. I'm going to be the first to admit you're not going to have a lot of fun if you try to go out here on our boneyard trail where everybody's getting their grind on every morning and every evening. It, it's just not fun to ride on that on, on our style of bike. Now, if you were on a traditional e-bike, a 250-watt pedal assist motor, absolutely. It's a great, great trail for that. So it makes sense that that trail is open to class one e-bikes only. So again, we support common sense legislation, but we also support access for everyone. And we understand that not all trails are going to be able to accommodate heavy e-bike traffic, especially e-bikes that are loaded up with a bunch of gear. Obviously, the fat tire helps with the impact a little bit, but I emphasize it's a different product for a different experience. Yeah, I can totally get that. And I like the sound of an elk hunting trip. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> it was so much fun. I all It was my first elk hunt I've ever been on. And my friend said, go somewhere that you know. And I said, well, can I hunt on Vail Mountain? They said, yeah, you can hunt the back bowls. And I thought, I don't know any place better. And I got all the way up to the top right before sunrise. I got out into the bowls. I got to sit there in glass and, and see some wildlife. It was beautiful. And then midday, I got to go sit on the deck at the top of Vail Mountain and take in the sun. And it, it was a very five-star hunting experience, I have to say. This sounds fantastic. couple more questions about the product, and then I just want to get into a local bicycle retailer. I noticed it's a lifetime warranty on the frame. As far as if your retailers are having, you know, any, they need support from your team. Is there someone assigned customer service? How's that support look? Yeah, we have a very large, robust customer service department that deals direct to consumer as well as direct to retailer. In fact, we have uh, two customer service people. So mm -hmm. our retailers don't have to fight against all the direct to consumer customers as far as parts and stuff like that goes. One thing that we really support is the local bicycle mechanic. We understand that bikes need, need work. Our, our bikes have big power. Our bikes are being used by people who aren't traditionally cyclists. So that knowledge base at the independent bicycle shop, and especially the knowledge base of the mechanic, is paramount to how we deliver a great user experience with our product. So like I said, we are dedicated to making sure that the mechanics and dealers have a direct line to us to be able to get parts, to be able to get support. 95% of this is all bike shop. It's bicycle components. And then we support the motor and the battery. We also have partnered with the Light Electric Vehicle Association, and we have a certification level training available 
So mechanics can go through all of that on the power, the battery, the motor, the display. And that way, as a bike shop, you can feel confident that your mechanics are trained on how to safely diagnose and repair those type of electrical issues. Oh, I'm so thankful to hear that. We just had Leva on for a webinar with us and their work is fantastic. So what a great thing that you've done there to partner with that. And yeah, kudos on the mention on the importance of the mechanic. I couldn't agree more. Okay, you probably have all this consumer data, you know, from people, website traffic, whatnot. Can you tell us what consumers are looking for? Like when it comes to e-bikes, popular models, anything, any big thing that the data is pointing to you? Well, you know, what we're finding is, is really a couple things. Number one, people are looking for safety. And I mentioned safety because electric bicycles have been a huge, pardon my pun, hot topic when it comes to the batteries, the charging, and are they safe? QuietCat uses batteries that are constructed to UL standards, and we have certifications on those batteries that they are safe and that people can feel confident that what they're getting from us is going to be a safe product that they're going to be able to use, that they're going to be able to plug in in their home where their kids are and know that they're going to be okay. I think that's really the number one thing to point out is that we've seen a lot of, I'll go so far as to call it dumping of very cheap e-bike products into the country. The European Union passed laws on this a couple of years ago to prevent this from happening. Here in the US, we've had a lot of imports of a lot of different products. Unfortunately, that's making it look like the e-bike can be purchased at a very very attractive price. And I would just warn people that with that attractive price is going to come things like safety hazards and issues there. And that's one of the things we pride ourselves on is, like you said, our lifetime warranty on our frames. We stand behind that product and all of our batteries and motors are certified to UL standards for safety. So that's something I think gives a lot of confidence to not only retailers, but certainly consumers. Yeah. Thank you enough to bring in that one up because Our retailers are telling us they're having a lot of people come in and that is one of their first questions. Is this safe? Can I, can I plug this in 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 my house? So. Absolutely. It's a real concern. And when we've seen some of the videos of some of the fires that happened with lithium ion batteries, you can't just take a traditional fire extinguisher and get that out. Um, So it's a real concern and it's something that we take very seriously. Likewise, the way our frames are built, you're going to have a frame that's going to work. When we say you can load a bunch of gear on it and go, you can do that. The frame's not going to get flimsy and get wobbly. It's not going to have speed wobbles. It's not going to have weird welds. You've got a very high quality product. And we think that that's something that customers are really looking for nowadays. They're looking for something that's safe and they're looking for something that's quality, but they don't want to go and spend $10,000 on an e-bike to get it. And they don't have to. I'd say the other thing that we're seeing as we've kind of been talking about is The entry of that non-cyclist, that non-traditional cyclist, somebody that maybe hasn't been on a bike in 20 years, uh, we laugh and say, hey, don't worry, it's just like riding a bike. And it really is. But that's something that we're seeing a huge growth opportunity with is bringing in those folks that maybe wouldn't typically be stopping by the bike shop on a weekly basis. But now we're bringing in people that are considering a bicycle because there is that accessibility, there is that capability factor going on. So you don't necessarily have to be in perfectly great athletic shape to get on a bike and go out and feel the wind through your hair. So thinking of some of our retailers who you know, are independent bicycle dealers who are listening to this podcast, who are thinking, maybe this is a brand that I want to bring into my store. Any best tips to get started? You know, I think if we're bringing in a, a brand that's going to attract maybe a different clientele, 
we should promote it on our socials or set up something in the store. Anything that you could lend there to, you know, how to get best started. Yeah, you know, we've got a great sales team that can really help the independent dealer get started with what's going to be the best models for their clientele and for the people that they work with. Like I said, we have the villager model, which is great for, as we say, cruising around the village, cruising around the lake, all the way up to the Jeep e-bike Rubicon that's designed for the gnarliest trails out there and everything in between. So we can first really get you dialed in with what's going to be the right models for that business, that clientele, and that geographic region that you're in. The other thing, we are extremely aggressive when it comes to social media, content development, working with our brand ambassadors, working with our independent dealers to generate content that is really appealing, that all of our dealers are able to use and distribute, as well as, like I said, we do a lot of different promotions where we actually support the dealers on those promotions. For example, if we're giving away free accessories, the dealers have the ability to opt into that, and we will support the free accessories when somebody buys a bike from a dealer. So we've got a lot of ways to work together to really drive home what's going to be best for that independent dealer and for their customers specifically. That's exciting. And just to get back to the law enforcement bike, because I know not many brands offer this and I have retailers consistently ask me, do you have an e-bike for law enforcement officers? This is something you have and it is available, correct? So all of our bikes can be catered to law enforcement. We can customize them with special decals. We've got our charcoal color that's very popular. It's kind of more subtle color than the camos or some of the colors we have out there. We can do the reflective police decal on them. We've got a number of accessories such as the red and blue lights, the sirens, and we are developing some very specific column enforcer models, which are tailored directly to the demands of our current law enforcement customers. So like I said, any of our bikes with the ability to carry the gear, carry the trailers, carry all of the extra mass and, and reach the higher speeds and go into all these different types of terrain, extremely appealing in and of themselves to law enforcement. We just presented our first prototype of the new Enforcer model at the SWAT Roundup. It's an international SWAT team competition down in Orlando. It was literally just last week. And we got some great feedback on the product. And we're also developing a training course. So independent law enforcement agencies not only purchase the bike, but they can be trained on how the new e-bike can be used in a tactical sense. And that's actually being developed by a former Navy SEAL and current law enforcement tactical training specialist. Now, that was a tough one. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I had no idea. There's so much there. You have a big job. So like, what is 2023? Will we see you guys at any trade shows? What can we expect from the brand in the new year? So in 2023, we'll be attending kind of the major shows that we go to every year. So we'll be at the SHOT Show and the Archery Trade Show and the hunting side of things. And then we attend a lot of the buying group shows. So you'll see us at Nation's Best Sports, Worldwide, Mid-States, Sports Inc. So if you're part of any of those, we also work with Jones & Company and we work with Facing and Now, the other rep group that we're working with now. So we're really expanding beyond. We'll also be attending the American Motorcycle Show. That's going to be super fun in Las Vegas in February as we kind of expand into the motorsports category as well. Like I said, we're right here in Eagle, Colorado. I always need a good excuse to go for a bike ride. So if you're coming across I-70, stop in and say hello and, and come take a ride. 
Yeah, listeners, Sphinx has been absolutely fantastic. I'm very happy to call him in Quiet Cat, a friend of the MBDA. Sphinx, if anyone has questions, though, if they're not coming through Colorado, they can't get a ride in with you, can they email you or call you? Would you share a contact? Absolutely. Sales at quietcat.com, info at quietcat.com. You can also, of course, go on our website and contact us through there. We've got a very large internal sales team. We'd love to chat with you about how we can get Quiet Cat into your stores and make a really successful partnership. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the podcast with me. This was super fun to learn more about the brand and what you're doing and lots of good nuggets in here. So I really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm still a mountain biker at heart, but taking it to the next level with the e-bike and with the adventure e-bike has been super fun. And, you know, we're hoping that more independent bike dealers will come on board and see the potential here. Like I said, especially on the maintenance side, we're always looking for great partners that are able to take on the mechanic work where we can refer our customers to those shops to come in and get high quality service. So exciting to see the innovation taking place. And as we talked about, just attracting more people to our sport. All right. So listeners, thank you for listening to Bicycle Retail Radio. The podcast is designed specifically for the bicycle industry. If it's your first episode, take time, listen to our past episodes. If you were a fan of today's episode, share it with your friends, leave a review. Special thanks to MBDA Development Director Rochelle Scouten for the editing and promotional graphics. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. See you back here soon. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com. Bicycle Retail Radio.